Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Top 5 Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And this week's episode, our topic is going to be Top 5 Marvel Moments um, up to Avengers Endgame. So we will not include anything about Endgame in our picks, because uh, one, we do like to talk spoilers when we give our picks, and we are it's too early to talk spoilers for Endgame. Um, and, of course, Corey has not seen Endgame yet, right, Corey? <gasps> right. I the only way I'll see it is if I go with friends. I guess it's this week, if they want to see it, because that's why I saw Avengers last year. Infinity War. Yeah. That was, uh, huh. Yeah, Mike and I saw Endgame um, Thursday night, actually, and yep. I, I think we both loved it. Uh, we actually haven't even got to talk about it. I, I lost you after the movie ended. Um, oh, um, I... S- well, I can't spoil it, but I stayed because even though we, you, I know you had mentioned it, but I'd also read about something, and mm. I actually recorded that little bit, Got and it. it's nothing that'll hit, that'll hurt. It's not a spoiler thing, but it's a nice little nod, and that's all I want to say. We're about talking it. post credits, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I walked right. out to go to the bathroom because I did not go the entire three hours that the movie was on, well, but I really had to go. Whoa! No. I forgot it's three hours. I know. I know. I can't remember if my kids, of all things, my kids that wanted to go. And that's the crazy part. We didn't even buy our tickets till 3.44 that day. And our, our theater was ostensibly sold out. It was very packed house for our theater. It's not something that happens very often. But um, overall, Mike and I liked Endgame quite a bit. But we wanted to look back at the uh, crazy, phenomenal 21-movie run that no other cinematic universe has even come close to replicating. Um even I mean, even if Star Wars continues making movies, nothing will be as as integrated and connected as this cinematic universe has been. Uh, Marvel has done something unprecedented, and for me, it's a celebration. I really love these movies. Mike generally has loved these movies. Corey, on the other hand, is that dissenting wah, voice wah. who doesn't She's care for comic voice movies. Voice of dissension. There's got to be I one mean, of those. Oh, and and. And the other thing is because Star Wars has been inconsistent for a while now. Yes. And MCU films, for the most part, not, uh, Thor, Thor the Dark World, Iron Man 2, notwithstanding, those are the ones that just kind of... Uh, and I don't know, can we... I don't, I, I don't know that we include the Hulk movies. Uh, only, Do we? Only Incredible Hulk is part of the universe. Uh, okay, Andy's yeah, because... Hulk is not. And that's that again. Ang Lee's not really. I I could see what he was going for for, and I'm hoping this because the trailer. I think you and I both agreed on the look of the trailer of his new film. Yeah. Is it Twenty One uh, Bridges? Um, no, it's his uh, Gemini Man. I think it's his new movie. Gemini Man. But then there's the Taylor Kitsch. Yep. Which factor? That, that might be Twenty One Bridges. I don't remember. Which I can't one? remember. The Will Smith movie is Gemini Man, and I think that's yeah, that's Ang Lee. Um, and Taylor Kitsch okay. might be in that. I can't remember for okay. sure. He was in either that or Twenty One Bridges, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, Ang Lee, like his last movie was not so good. The uh, Billy Lynn's Long Half Time Walk, um, I did not care. Oh for yeah, it. 
I like Life of Pi, um, and I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, but yeah, um, but before... maybe he's he's got like Luc Besson syndrome, yeah. where he's got this masterpiece. Yeah, you know it could be. Uh, although we'll, we got a Luc Besson movie coming out this summer too, so um, oh, we can we can only hope that. Well, anyway, yeah, but. I am getting ready uh, this week to go to New York for the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, I'll be watching several movies this week up there. Looking forward to it. Uh, editor of BerkReviews.com, David, is going to be coming with me. Uh, like last year, we're looking forward to uh, seeing a bunch of stuff. So we've been planning out and mapping out our schedule. And the one thing uh, we're both super excited for is last year, we went to the first week. This year, we're going to the last week. There's the two-week festival. And um, now we're kind of feeling like we wish we'd gone more in the middle. But the one cool thing that's happening is on Saturday when we're there, it's May 4th. As in, <gasps> may the 4th be with you. And they are doing a special screening of A New Hope. Um, and we just got our, oh. our reserve tickets for it uh, for free. It's a, it's a free show, but you had an RSVP, so we just did that. Um, because even though there's a few movies that we haven't seen playing at the same time, we're both huge Star Wars nerds, and uh, seeing Star Wars in New York City on May 4th, we can't pass up. It's too cool. Now, now this is a dumb question. Uh, is it a digital print, or is it going to be an actual film print from way back in the day? Is it? I, I, one, I don't think it's a dumb question at all for a podcast about movies, so I think it's a great question. I don't know, and now I'm very okay. curious. if it, I would venture to say it's probably a DCP. Um, okay. But well, I mean, because I could see Lucas wanting to have um, all the bells and whistles and whatnot that I, wouldn't be on the old print. True, and that's I. I hope it's the original and not. It's going to be the most likely the, the most revised. Re- but Disney, they keep talking. Disney keeps talking about re-releasing the original cuts um, on Blu-ray, which I'll have to buy again if they do that. But uh, then for sure, Disney will yeah. do that. Um, yeah, that's exactly. It's just it's a matter of when will they do that. Um, I, I would imagine after uh, this last movie comes out and we get the box set for the trilogy, that they'll probably re-release the other two box sets with you know, it'll be the first time they've ever released a Blu-ray with less scenes than the last time you bought these. But that's what you've been asking for. Um, so, um, but yeah, so that's what I'm excited about. But, um, because of that, I don't want to spend too much time in the front of this. I want to focus on the Marvel movies. Um, maybe each of us kind of give our thoughts about the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general, and then we'll get into our top five Marvel moments. So we're not saying movies. We're sp- picking moments from the movies. And so how we did that was completely up to us. Corey, obviously, hers is going to be probably like the lesser of the evils um, for her as, as opposed to maybe <laughs> favorites. Um, but well, now the question will be: Will it be all from the same one? Because it's all. <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised at how many I've seen, guys. Twenty-one movies. Um, so I haven't oh. seen all twenty-one, and I am having to rewrite one of mine because it wasn't actually part of the like oh. twenty-two <laughs> films, Uh-oh. and Did I didn't you pick a, know. A Seventy-nine Spider-Man. <laughs> I guess... chose Logan, and I can't use oh, that one. you cannot use Logan. Logan is not oh, a yeah. part of MCU. It's not. So um, I'm just rewriting this right now, but I, I, I struggle bust real bad. Before I have you guys say your MCU theories, I do want to real quick remind listeners, oh. if you didn't listen to our last episode, we drafted the summer movies, uh, and um, one of the ones that I believe Corey drafted was Dark Phoenix. Am I right? 
Or is that Mike? I think I think Corey I can't has remember. It. It's on my spreadsheet. I stayed away from it yeah. because so, I'm afraid. I I think it looks awful. The trailer does not sell me on it. And more importantly, they uh, announced the runtime today. Uh-oh. Uh oh. It's estimating two 80. hours forty one minutes. Oh no! Huh? What? Two, no, no. Two hours, forty-one minutes for the Dark Phoenix, just screams it's going to be a disaster. Um, I know Marvel's uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame was three hours, but competent hands. I was already skeptical of Dark Phoenix, and the fact that it's that long makes me very, very nervous. Um, but it sounds like a lot of bloat and padding. So. Corey, being unaware of the whole Fox Studio versus uh, Marvel Studio, only further emphasizes her lack of interest in this subject. But what's uh, your relationship with the MCU, Corey? Like, how can we dislike it, I guess? It's boring. I don't think that I need 40... I don't need everything that I watch to be connected. I want a new story, I guess. Well, I mean, I, I, I can I see what you're saying, but I definitely think the connections are loose enough that it's not like the movie requires the connection some do the sequels but do so like many... if you're talking captain america yeah. or whatever but um like you could jump into ant-man having not seen any of the other ones and ant-man minus maybe three or four references would stand alone um i think the falcon scene would be the only scene that would like what is this you know um but even within the movie you know what's going to happen because it's it's the logo is shown so you know true but, uh, but I, I do see your point. Um, and I do know, like, for, like, Taylor, uh, she's seen... Uh, Iron Man was one of the first movies th- in the theater I ever took her to see. She was only, like, four. Um, and I, but I was like, let's go see it. And she's like, okay. And uh, she liked it for the most part. She got scared at the... It was loud, you know, because a lot of explosions and stuff. But she was really into Iron Man when we left the theater. Super stoked. And she's seen most of them with me. Uh, but she somehow managed... I think she's missed all the Captain America ones. Um... And, but she, like, she used to see Endgame with me. She saw Infinity War last year. Um, she saw Captain Marvel with her boyfriend and, and Black Panther with her boyfriend. Um, but she, she has seen most of the films, but she has skipped some, but is still able to just kind of, like, work around it. Um, but Mike, what about you? What's your connection to the MCU? Or- oh, I, I grew up reading comics. Not, not as, like... <sighs> There, there, I have a connection with specific comics, but just the fact that, I mean, I'll be completely truthful. Iron Man was never a favorite nope. character of mine until okay. until the film made him relevant. Uh, and that's the thing. MC had the same thing with Guardians. Yes, you'll have fans now that will say, oh, but no, to know the true original Guardians, which is not this lineup that we're used to. It's you know, and I, I'm glad they paid a, a nod to them, and I only know it because of reading. After I'll read, you know, I I just grew up with comic books, and I uh, part of me because you know that I am not a fan of lazy Hollywood, and uh, sequels and comic book movies can I don't for what they are, and just to go and uh, we're not talking high class, uh, although. Some of these, the quality, I mean, again, Captain America is not a character. I am buying comics, and I haven't bought a comic book in a long time. He's not a character, but Winter Soldier, Civil War, drew me in. And that's, Mm. again, for a character that I really have no uh, 
the character I wanted to see, and I just never thought we'd see in real in a live action version it was the Vision, yeah. and um, I was, and especially with the little nods they have there with Wanda, and they were they had, you know, the because Vision and Scarlet Witch uh, limited series, and I know what's it called, Wanda Vision. Yeah, that's the TV series on uh, the Disney I don't, Plus. I don't, yeah, I don't know about that, but... I, I know. I'm not liking the title. It doesn't, you know, I, I just... I don't know why... I, I feel bad. I, I'm very much... I, Without giving any spoilers, I, I was ready to watch it again that evening. Yep. And I knew I couldn't because I was, I was already kind of tired the yep. next day, and it wasn't that late ending. So I, I just... It it appeals to my comic book nerd personality. That's yeah. me. It me. Now, so for me, um, I grew up also reading comics, but for the most part, I was DC. The two exceptions to DC mm. uh, that were in the Marvel was Spider Man. I've always been a huge Spider Man nerd. Um, love Spider Man in almost every iteration. Uh, and then um, I read X Men, Uncanny X Men, to be precise. Um, and I've read more Marvel now, but growing up, those were really the only two Marvel books I was familiar with. Both, I want to point out, had Fox cartoons, and that's why I even got really into them. Um, you know, I watched the Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man cartoon, and I watched Uncanny X-Men, or whatever. I think it was just X-Men, um, the cartoon. But the comic I got into was Uncanny X-Men. And, but I was Batman, and I, I knew about most of the other DC characters through just reading the books. And I was familiar, like, I knew who Iron Man was and Captain America, but I never I never read any of that stuff. I did watch uh, some of the animated stuff that came out later. The Ultimate Alliance video games really pulled me mm-hmm. into the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, I did get into Punisher at some point, um, maybe the Dolph Lundgren movie. Um, and then, you know, when the... Whoa, that one? I saw it as a kid. Um, so, I mean, I at least knew who the character was, I guess is what I'm saying. And he was a part of the Spider-Man cartoon as well. Same thing with Blade, actually. Um before the blade movies came out and so but i've been uh into comic book movies even when they were bad like i saw daredevil in theater i saw ghost rider blah blah blah. i saw all of them um and when i saw iron man i could tell something was different um it was very similar to seeing batman begins where you could just tell this was something important this was not like the other movies that had come out and and it was a dark time for marvel for a while oh yeah yeah so i'm glad that that's that but time is over. Not Marvel Studios, just Marvel, because they had you know sold off their properties and whatnot. Right. In fact, Jane and Silent Bob Strikes Back is essentially about how the comic book you know system had been placed. Once the one comic book movie did well, they sold all the properties to all the different studios. Studios were buying anything they could, um, and Marvel is slowly and now Disney just bought all of the X Men back basically by buying Fox. Um, oh, and Marvel was in need of cash, really. At that time. So. Well, and that's why Disney ended up buying Marvel, because they were going out of business. Um, but uh, I, I've enjoyed almost all of these movies. Um, I mean, some some hold up after first viewing more than others for me. Um, some I can rewatch any at any point. Others, I'm like, okay, well, I get, I'm get, i good. Like, I don't need to see it again. Um, but I've enjoyed all of them to some degree, even the bad ones. Like, I... I I like moments in The Incredible Hulk. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a good movie, but I can sit through it. And I, I like Edward Norton enough to kind of you know overlook some of the the garbage. And Tim Roth is the villain. Um, that and, was amazing to see the abomin abomination as yeah. a villain, which is um, the only thing missing was um, 
Oh, man, I've lost his name. I want to say the master, but it's the guy with the big brain. They allude to that, though. Tim Blake Nelson was uh, yes, set up to right, be him, right. and they, they just never brought him back in the MCU. Um, and then, uh, you know, Thor, the Dark World gets hated on a lot. I didn't hate it when I saw it. It doesn't, I don't have any real desire to rewatch it. Um, I don't love the first Thor movie either. I love Ragnarok, but, um, I'm a big fan. I'm, I refer to myself as a fanboy, even within my reviews. Cause I always want to point out that if you don't like these movies, like Corey, you're probably not going to agree with me on these films. Uh, but for me, these work, I have, a, I have a great time. It is like seeing elements of my childhood even if i wasn't reading an iron man book i was reading comic books and a lot of the mcu feels like comic books come to life on the big screen did you see kevin smith's uh it was just over an hour he calls it a review but it's really more a recap i haven't watched it i saw that he posted it yeah okay um well the only reason i saw it is um it was an instagram post and then when you swipe to the right because it was just it was Harley and himself at the I forgot it looked like it was a, Le, a, a, a Infinity Gauntlet but made out of Legos and mm. something else and I can't remember what but then it was a series of tweets from someone that was outraged at what he did now you gotta understand he posted and even the way it was worded it was all going to be full of spoilers and he was being berated by someone because how dare he post spoilers of a movie that's only been out what you know yeah and he literally does just like we do here where we uh, give a warning yeah 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 and so but it was, it was i got about 20 minutes into it i want to re-listen to it because i'm curious to see it's interesting to see what he remembers because you know how sometimes he gets a little foggy oh yeah yeah for sure and i do that too in fact making this list um, I wasn't sure if I was going to need to like watch clips or someone else's list. I ended up not. Uh, I did. I had to look at the movies, though, and try to think. And I pulled moments for me. Now, these aren't going to be, for me, these aren't like necessarily the big moments. These are moments that I recall that I loved for some reason or another, and I'll explain why. <laughs> but um, If you've never listened to the show before, we make our list in secret, and then we get on the episode and we break down our list. So uh, this week's episode, I will be going first, followed by Corey and then Mike. Um, I don't have to take the wager this week because I have definitely seen all of the movies Mike can pull from, um, which usually How could we make a wager. Um, I want a wager made. I've been I, spoiled with wagers almost every episode. Yeah, I, I, we're, you know the topics are getting more precise, so it's uh, narrowing down. The same thing like with Tim Burton, it was just in the cards that I most likely would have saw them because I saw most of his movies. And then here it's the same. I have seen all of these movies, so there's uh, nothing that you can put on your list that would qualify as an MCU movie that I haven't seen. So, um, but Corey, uh, I don't know how many you think you've seen. Um, so we'll we'll just hold off on the wager for this week. But uh, it if you haven't if you don't know what we're talking about, you can look back at pre- previous episodes. However, I'll be going first. Uh, then Corey, then Mike, and uh, basically because of we're looking at moments from the MCU, uh, Infinity War is on the table, Captain Marvel is on the table, but Endgame is not. So we will not talk about Endgame anymore um, for this episode, but because the inherent nature, there is spoilers. So Corey? Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about these movies, maybe in great detail. You can go to burkreviews.com and check out our list there. Okay, so I'm going to start us off, guys. My number five Marvel moment. Um, this one I went with uh, a couple of things, uh, mainly for humor, but I also think it, it, it kind of gives a great example of how these sequels build on top of each other. 
Um, and I went with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, Yondu flying down, holding his arrow, saying, <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Which is quite honestly one of the funniest things I've ever laughed at. Like, I laughed so hard. <laughs> in the theater when he said I'm Mary Poppins y'all one because I'm a fan of Mary Poppins two I knew Mary Poppins Returns was coming out and so this kind of you know meta reference was kind of I almost wondered if Disney like made Gunn put it in but I also um, I was a big advocate for James Gunn not to be fired uh, for things he said a long time ago I didn't I'm not supporting or um, putting out that he what he said was okay but that I want to believe he's not the person he was when he tweeted those things so I was very excited when he was recently rehired for Guardians 3. Um, this scene, though, to me, aside from being very funny, it's the character arc of Yondu over two films where he was, you know, a kind of a bad guy character in the first movie. He's there. He's he's relevant, but he's not super important. And here in this film, he gets such a huge arc. He We get to see him be, like, not... He's always been a father figure to Quill, but this is where it becomes apparent. And then, of course, uh, in Guardians 2, Yondu's outcome is not a good one. And yeah. this moment is only more important to me, I think, as a result of that, that he makes the ultimate sacrifice for Quill. And Quill loses so much in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, but this moment, I, I just, I loved it. It's the epitome of the... The humor, the the quirkiness, the oddity that is the Guardians films, and and not that it's a competition or anything, because I mean, because Thor lost a lot in mm-hmm. his film too. Sure, but yeah, that's um, I forget where this came up, but just thinking, and I, Michael Rooker's been around for so long. It's just so amazing to me that he's come all this way from playing henry lee lucas way back in the day to someone you know talk about i guess not holding previous things they've done not that there's anything wrong with playing a serial killer it's just just crazy to me that he's gone from that to this yeah and that long strange voyage that he's taken i think the first encounter i remember with him was mall rats um (laughs) at least that's the first time i i remember like like i this guy is funny um, you know, and I love that, you know, the tie-in to Mallrats. Uh, I mean, that's the thing, um, you know, Kevin, I just thought of one other that I kind of wish I'd put in here. Um, Kevin, uh, though, his connection to the MCU, while he has not directed anything or written anything in the MCU, I mean, he started talking about nerdy stuff on, in movies before oh, yeah. most other filmmakers were. I mean, Clerks has it's got so much stuff in Mallrats. Brody's character being the comic book nerd that he is and, and the extensive knowledge he has of the comics, all the references in the movie. I mean, uh, at one point, you know, Jay does the adamantium claw berserker attack from Wolverine and it's, you know, it's just ridiculous. And uh, so Rooker being in Mallrats and then being Yondu is super cool. And I know Kevin, I think, has talked about that in the past too. But um, yeah, and I'm saying Kevin like he's my buddy. But, you know, uh <laughs> He's someone hey, I we sat, we sat next to him at the one thing. That's right. We've been in, in similar locations. And, um, yeah. But that's my number five. Uh, Mary Poppins, y'all. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, Corey, is that one you've seen or no? Yeah, I've seen both of the Guardians. Okay. And those you like or dislike? I mean, they were good. I like Chris Pratt a lot in them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Groot. Um 
Yeah, sorry. I, I love Rocket, actually, a whole lot. But... Yeah, Rocket's awesome, too. I was going to say that, and then I was like, maybe that's not his name. Oh. But I don't... It's okay, I... Thor calls him Rabbit, so it's all good. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I like them. I really like oh. the mixtape element in them. I thought, yeah. Or the first. Yeah, that seems right up your alley, actually. Um, I was fun. talking about Quill uh, after... Quill gets a lot of crap for Infinity War, which I don't want to talk about the moment, per se, um, because it could be uh, on one of your lists, essentially, but a lot of, like, memes and stuff were generated out of the actions he does in Infinity War, and I was talking to Taylor about Quill and, like, how the character is, like, in a state of arrested development. You know, he's um, taken off Earth right after his mother dies when he's, like, eight, and he's never really grown up or dealt with that loss, and you see loss being a, a devastating thing to him in each instance. Um, in, in Guardians Volume 2, he has to deal with two major losses, um, essentially. And then in Infinity War, there's another major loss. So the guy is, does not know how to deal with death. And um, I, I feel like he deserves a little bit of slack for Infinity War because of that. But um, that's, I won't get into that. Let's go to Corey's number five. Uh, what do you got, Corey? Okay. Um, I... Um, have seen all of the Iron Man movies. Bill Sorry. really likes them. Sorry about so... number two. <laughs> oh, what? I don't think number two is very good. Oh, I well. I don't think anyone does. Yeah. I do like him as Tony Stark, though. I like, mm-hmm. think that he's great, and I think that he was... that. I don't know. He was born for that role. But um, mm-hmm. I went and i struggled with this list and i did have to youtube and read some plot synopsis and stuff because i don't think that i've revisited any of these movies except for guardians of the galaxy the first one because i had to leave for a little bit during the movie because i had oh yeah i remember that yeah i had something go on and i had to take care of it right away so that's the only one that i've watched and i mean um so i went with um and i like Gwyneth Paltrow sometimes, but I think in real life she's really, she's strange. Yeah, but very, very. I like her a lot as Pepper Potts, and I like her and Tony together. And I don't think that they are dating yet. And Tony decides to make her the CEO of her, his company, and he says, it's you, it's always been you, and it's so much more than just you being the huh. CEO. Nice. That, I, yeah, I yeah. I don't. Remember I didn't. If, pick is that in the first or second scenes. movie? It's in the second one. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I liked. Um, I think that that was a moment I liked too because I also, I'm not always a fan of Gwyneth Paltrow, um, but I really liked her in the first Iron Man, and thus I liked her in the second Iron Man. Um, I the, think. Go ahead. She's such a good balance to him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it, they they work off each other really well too in that first movie. Like their the chemistry they have is really strong. Agreed. It it's that's a nice little moment. I see that's one of those things that I've I've forgotten. Yeah, and I've oh, to be fair to number two, I saw the first Iron Man several times. Um, I bought it on on DVD the second it came out because it was before I had a Blu-ray player, I think. Um, and uh, I, I watched it many times, especially because Taylor liked it because we saw it in the theater together, so we would put it on. Um, and then I saw Iron Man 3, I think I've seen twice. Uh, Iron Man 2, I, I actually didn't see in the theater. And then when I finally did see it, um, I was I was not enthralled. And I, I kind of was like, oh, man, this is a far cry from the first movie. 
and I've not gone back to it. So I really do need to rewatch it before I give it such a harsh criticism. But um, from what I've, like you said, I, I've I've never seen anyone defend Iron Man two to be like, no, no, it's better than you remember. Like I've never seen that, which I've seen for most of the other Marvel movies that are kind of lackluster. Like there's usually somebody out there fighting for it. I haven't seen that ever yeah. for Iron Man two, but you know that doesn't mean anything. But I just why I haven't bothered to try to go back to it, but. Um, all right. I think that's a really solid pick and a cool, like, that's kind of what I like about doing a list like this, um, is we're all going to take things differently from movies is what we look for in a film that's going to stick with us and stay with us. So, and um, John just nicely said that I'm a sap and I am no way. I am a sap too. I like rom-coms <laughs> kidding. Although um, a lot of mine went with, uh, character building and or humor. Um, but you know that's that's kind of my personality too mike uh let's go to your number five what do you got okay see those two okay see I, i'm glad you you had that caveat that uh, that this is because this moment that i've picked is not a huge one and one that uh, once you get trained to wait for the credits then you're like oh okay i wish a little more had been done with it i wish some other mention is had been included because this would have been nice to see this again. But I went with, uh, speaking of the Guardians, it was from the end credit scene of Guardians of the Galaxy and we get the Howard the Duck appearance. Ah, the Howard the Duck. Okay. <laughs> because I remember the absolute garbage live action film that I've actually never seen in its entirety just because I, I feel my soul doesn't need that and I'm a better person for not having watched it. Um, from back in the day and not that we need I, I don't even know how I think the 80s were a weird time and maybe a whole lot of drug consumption led to the approval and green lighting of that Howard the Duck production yeah and I just you get to see these little characters you get those little easter eggs those little nods and was it I think it was Seth Green that voiced them didn't he um, in Guardians or uh, in Guardians? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Seth Green. And so, just it, it has, it is an absurd little moment, and a lot of people go will have no idea. Just like when uh, John Favreau's character includes the uh, the duck in his, but not Howard the Duck, different duck. But everybody thinks it's Donald Duck. I'm sure people are very confused at what this is, and, and why the collector would have him. Well, there's obvious reason why you would have him. Yeah. Um, yeah, Howard the Duck. That's that's a good one. It was a really cool throwaway moment, especially um, you know he is a Marvel character. I actually have his uh, Mar Mike and I both play a Marvel Puzzle Quest. Corey, it's a mobile game. It's like you know like Bejeweled or Candy Crush, but with Marvel. And yeah, um, it's a it's a man Candy Crush. Yes, uh, you get okay. a bunch of uh, Marvel comic characters that you can. They they get different did, buffs did, and stuff. And, did she just okay? Judges, probably. <laughs> no, I said okay because I said it like that because you said it's a man version. Well, he okay. was being he was being facetious, <laughs> but know, um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but Howard the Duck, I have Howard the Duck in that game, so like it, it's he's a Marvel property, and they the way they oh, threw I him do, in there, you know. I do too. It's just he's one of those. I think he's a four or five star character, and this oh, goes yeah. in much more detail. But I think I only have one cover of his, and I, I am not deleting that character. No way. I, I haven't paid money for slots because you only get a limited amount of roster slots. 
they need him in that other Marvel game that I haven't leveled up nearly as much as you have. Yeah, that would be a funny one to have him actually like fighting or something. But, um, but yeah, Howard the Duck Guardians he, really funny reference. He's a master of duck foo. That's true. That is true. All right, I'm going to go to my number four after that. Uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> um, my number four. Uh, I mentioned I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and um, there are tons of moments with that. Uh, one, the fact that we finally get Spider-Man in the MCU, that he's no longer uh, a Sony exclusive, that Sony's allowing M- Marvel to integrate him into this universe, which has been used uh, very effectively. And I love Spider-Man Homecoming very, very much. In fact, I list Homecoming as my second favorite MCU film on my letterbox list for the MCU movies. Um, and again, it's because, one, it's a coming-of-age high school movie with Spider-Man in it, and that is so up my alley, I don't even know... You know, if it wasn't made for me, it must have accidentally been made for me. Um, but that's not what I pulled from. And f- instead, I went with his entrance in Civil War, Captain America: Civil War, from <laughs> 2016. Um, with it was in the trailer. It was uh, such a hype moment where we finally get to see him there, and that's that's a moment for me that changes the landscape for me in such a huge way because one. Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Period. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a Tobey Maguire supporter. You're wrong. No. Andrew Garfield, let's not even try to kid ourselves. He's not bad in the first movie, but the second movie ruined any chance of him having any kind of legacy. But Tom Holland has embraced this character so well. I think he's so well executed. Um, and I love him in every every movie he's got to be Spider-Man. I've loved him in them. And um, this moment when he shows up in Civil War and then the fight that follows with him... Uh, excitedly having like conversations with the other heroes because he loves them all he's familiar like oh you're that one guy blah, blah, blah. like it's so fun it's so great it's uh i i absolutely love it. that's my favorite part of civil war i think overall uh there's some cool moments in that movie uh the and that's a big fight but i don't really care about the big fight as much as i care about seeing peter parker seeing spider-man for the first time in the mcu interacting with these characters I, I ate it up and it, it just it won me over so much. Um, this was a, the I think second Russo Brothers film. They did Winter Soldier, they did this one, and then I would they would go on to do Avengers: Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame. And I was completely unfamiliar with the Russo Brothers um, prior to uh, Civil or Winter Soldier, but man, they've really to me won me over. I think what they did with Infinity War and Endgame is amazing. And I, I am just flabbergasted that they were able to pull off those two movies. Uh, and credits to the writers, of course. But um, Spider-Man showing up Civil War is the moment they brought us, and I am very, very grateful for it. Yeah, I, I very much thought about including that uh, scene. But I'm glad you did. Um, mm-hmm. That frees up a slot for me that I, I didn't have. <laughs> Uh, and not even in because I made an honorable mentions as well too. Yeah. Hope you guys did. Okay, good. Um, yes, and also seconding that he is the best Spider-Man. Uh, he is the Spider-Man that, you know, at one point we all thought Tobey Maguire was going to be the Spider-Man, and he was. And then Spider-Man Three happened, and poor Andrew Garfield had to follow all that. Uh, just he got the accent and the age is correct and. Just that whole little interaction he was, the, the, just that little banter and just everything the way, you know, uh, it, they they got it right. And they finally got it right. And they finally got him in this universe and not in the self-contained 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing with Homecoming as well, uh, well, I, I know this was a Civil War scene, but the idea, Michael Keaton, I mean, wow. Uh, yeah. Just the idea, because I know oh. there also was that little bit uh, for the Scorpion at the end, because I, I think that's who that was on the boat that he ran into in prison. Yeah, he's already, all... uh, he's in the the uh, credits for um, Far From Home, too, the same actor. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So, cool, but yeah, just a whole lot of win in that and Tom Holland is yep yeah. the best Corey you have any comments on uh, I don't know if you, did you see Civil War I did not ah so you missed the uh, entrance of the grand Spider-Man but you did see Homecoming didn't you Mm-mm. oh I, I really oh. think you would like Homecoming because it, it, it totally pays tribute to John Hughes um, there is literally mm-hmm. which is uh, one of my honorable mention scenes so I'll hold off on going into detail but um yeah, uh, that movie's so good. In fact, I just you mentioning Michael Keaton just reminded me of another favorite scene from Homecoming that I'm like, man, maybe that should have been on my list, but I'm going to hold off. Um, all right, mm. well, Corey, let's go to number four then. Okay. Um, I went with the um, – from Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Uh, where Thor is having to fight the Hulk and – it's okay. He's a friend from work. And I I saw this in theaters, but I can't remember all of the everything that was go- he, going he, on in the scene. He does what Loki. we all did. He goes, yes! Yeah, he's so excited. He's, uh, it's going to be fine, guys. I, I, I know him from work. Oh, and God. It's, and this, that's the strength of Taika Waititi. And I'm behind on the this week's episode of what we do in shadows um just that's what he does and that kind of humor does it that 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 thor film and that because that's just one of so many scenes Uh that is the thor we should have had from the get-go it was made he was made much much too serious Mm -hmm. to begin and uh, this was the right way to do it because i mean there were serious parts uh, as well but just the humor and the banter, because yeah. Thor is kind of a Thor, like the Fantastic Four, are kind of silly characters. This, you know, this demigod from outer space uh, that that's kind of has a loose tie to Norse legends and whatnot. It just, yeah, just that whole and and I th- and I I feel that that's I think the whole audience had that same reaction that he did because you're like, what? Now we know we have answers. Now we know what happens. Yeah, and the whole nod to Planet Hulk, yes. as well. Yeah, that scene is definitely one of my honorable mentions. In fact, um, my, mine as well. Uh, I uh, Thor runs into a friend from work and Thor yeah. Ragnarok. There's so many like funny scenes in that movie, but that scene was like it was the trailer moments, and man, does it it pays off even more in the actual movie. Like the trailers made me hype, but the movie itself and then the fight itself is great. And um, the Thor we get from Ragnarok has stuck in the universe which is i think super important um because that's the thor we get in infinity war and i won't talk about endgame yet but i i am very happy that we're seeing this transition to this character because he's so much more enjoyable and it makes me even more excited for uh, men in black international because mm-hmm. hemsworth has continued to prove to me that he is a comedic genius and should be doing more comedies um yes ladies he's a hunk but hunks can be funny and he is um so yeah, I'm all over that. So good, definitely good pull, Corey. I'm glad you saw Ragnarok because Taika's a favorite of ours. Oh yeah. Theaters. 
And you saw it and see, I missed it in theaters because I'd been, you fooled me once, you got me, t- I didn't expect, I should have known better. Yeah, um, I mean, the CG suffers, and there is, there's some plot points that are awful. Uh, in fact, if you were, if I were writing the script for Ragnarok, I would cut out all of the, um, or is it Hella? Is it Hella? Hella, Hella. I'd cut yeah. out all of her storyline because it feels so thrown on and tacked on. Um, like they made Taika do that and I, I really wish it wasn't in the movie because I think you could do more on the planet and do more with Jeff Goldblum um, and have a oh, fu- like a tighter movie that doesn't force us to go back to confront Hela but um, overall I still I still enjoy the movie but those were like my big issues with it I just and again it's not even against I love Kate Blanchett and I think she's fine as Hela I just felt like the story felt so sidelined but um because also, yeah. uh, Mark Ruffalo is fantastic in Ragnarok too. Let's and I Tessa Thompson. I think he's so charming. Yes, he is, for sure. Uh, he always has been. Um, yeah. Uh, have you? I've mentioned this before, but my, um, if I recall correctly, my life without me. Uh, I, I haven't seen that one. With Sarah Polly. Oh, uh, I need to see it. It's uh, she plays a terminally. This is not spoiling it because it literally comes at the beginning. A terminally ill woman who is preparing her family and whatnot for to have their life after without her. Yeah. And Mark Ruffalo comes into play. Um, mm. I, I'm not my, it's tricky, but it's hard not to like him well, and her. And it just, and if, yeah. we're, if we're throwing Ruffalo films out there, I'm going to throw um, infinitely polar bear, which actually co-stars Zoe Saldana. So you get two Marvel people together um, where he has uh, bipolar disorder and him trying to, be a dad to their kids and also like fixing their relationship and being a professional um it is it's a very compelling drama with a with a a light-hearted air of humor um i i really enjoyed that film so ruffalo over uh, underappreciated i think and of course can't forget that he and robert denny jr are both in zodiac uh the david fincher Mm. film um i wonder if that's what got them got him the attention i don't know but i mean uh, because because uh, again, uh, you said it. Ed Norton's great, uh, and I would I would have liked to have seen him. However, Ruffalo is like Tom Holland is Spider Man. Ruffalo is Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Agreed, agreed. Well, Mike, let's go to your number four. Um, uh, speaking of the Hulk, oh. um, again, this is not one of those huge, uh, and I focused on humor. I don't do this for my whole my whole list. That I believe, but when Hulk in marvel's the avengers which i was just watching a little while ago it was on broadcast television or sci-fi anyway uh when he gets a cheap shot on our previously aforementioned thor in the middle oh, of the yes. battle of new york i love that <laughs> they're they're both there and they you know they're they've been at odds here and there and side by side they've taken out all these enemies and then he extends his left arm and punches Thor off screen. It's hilarious. So good. Especially because he goes off screen. Because he, he flies off yeah. screen. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he flings them off after their one battle on the helicarrier. And he's like, he remembers that. So, yep. Little, oh, little speaking th- of, they're, they're just transporting Loki off, off planet. Um, yeah, FX has been running all the Marvel movies this weekend. Um, oh yeah, it's I've loved this weekend. It's like comic book Halloween. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I love that one, Corey. You did see Avengers, right? Because that was like an epic, must see kind uh, of thing. Uh oh, she said uh, she's Master P. Make him say uh. Oh god. 
please don't. Um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so I guess Corey is no on Avengers, or at least you're not sure. But I'm so sorry. I was laughing and uh, I didn't realize I had my mute on. Yes, I saw it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, you sure did. In theaters. Sorry. Oh, okay. I, I saw Avengers a couple times in theaters, including the drive-in. Um, oh. I, I, I man, I loved you know that movie. You know, Burke, the appropriate response could have been you could have DMXed it and said, y'all going to make me lose my mind. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go to my number three, guys, uh, uh, which I went humor for this one, Mike. Um, Uh-oh. And I'm kind of cheating because I'm going to say this is not from one movie. This is actually a recurring thing that happens in two movies in the MCU, and it's Michael Pena's character, Lewis, um, telling stories uh, in the Ant-Man yes. and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes! Okay, I'm having that moment because that's my first honorable mention. Oh, so, man. So, I love the Ant-Man movies. Um, one, because I love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, and I know Corey's on board with me. Your because, man. Yeah. Hetero man, Koresh. Uh, he is... He is so great in everything I've ever seen him in. I love most of his movies. Even the stinkers like Mute, um, I tend to still enjoy his performance, mostly. And Ant-Man has won me over, and I had to admit, I don't think they're necessarily the best movies in the MCU, but I think they're like my personal favorites behind only a couple, because of the humor, and uh, Michael Peña's character, Lewis, is a big part of that. Because when he tells the stories, one... It is like how people tell stories. We're like, "Wow, well, I was talking to my <laughs> man Jimmy Yo," and, so, and <laughs> you're like transported. Yes, well, and then, then we you have the, the then visual you have the people. Yeah, in his voice. In his voice, saying saying exactly what he's saying. So it's like, yes, that's how it is. Oh, it's so good. Um, and it happens. I think it, it for sure happens three times. But I think it might be four. I can't remember if they do it twice in Ant Man and the Wasp or not. I know they do it twice in the first movie, and they do it at least once in Ant Man and the Wasp. I can't remember for sure if they did it twice or not. But um, I, the very first time I saw it, I died. I thought it was one of the best things ever. And when it came back in the second part, I was laughing so much. Um, it, it, it's such a great little moment. It's so funny. And it made Lewis a really prominent character in it, who's not, to my knowledge, from any MCU book. Like, I don't believe he exists. He mm-hmm. might. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, yeah. but think about when you make Ant-Man... I don't know if you're planning on bringing Lewis into the MCU in a significant way, and this totally does. Um, it, it's He becomes such a vital part to Scott Lang's world that you definitely get him in the second movie, and there's no way to like cut him out. Um, he's essential, and I love those scenes so much. They're, and of course, uh, Edgar Wright wrote the script for Ant-Man. He was supposed to direct Ant-Man. He leaves because of creative differences. Peyton Reed comes in. But the script is still credited to Wright. So there are elements of this that are, are right. And to me, this feels like such an Edgar Wright moment. Um, even how it's edited and cut feels very much like a Wright film. And so it, that, again, if you've been listening to this show or reading my reviews, Edgar Wright is my favorite director. His movies are among my all-time favorites. They all work for me in every freaking way imaginable. So um, I'm always a little sad that Ant-Man isn't fully his. But there's still that Edgar Wrightness to it that makes it again one of my favorite MCU movies. So my number three, Lewis telling stories. Uh, feel free if you guys have anything to add to that. I I, I had my yes moment, and mm-hmm. he, yeah, I totally. Uh, I'm Bartles and jamming you. Yes. Supporting your decision. Clinky clink. Um. And Corey, I know you're a huge Paul Rudd fan. Did you did you sit through the Ant Man movies? Yeah, both of them in theaters. I thought I thought so because it's Paul Rudd. What? 
Yes, I love him. Yeah. Again, so char- charming. So and freaking charming. I'm going to stand by this for the rest of my life. I really think he's a Scientologist because he doesn't age. He does and not And I don't age. know what he, they do in Scientology to not age, but it's like... He, he does, <laughs> just at a very... That's his mutant power. It's yeah. at a very slow... A slow he's got a Logan. Man. You know, that's, that's uh, your Logan tie-in. I'm never... I love it so much. I don't know how other people feel about it, really, but I freaking love him and my our idiot brother so much. Watch that one yet? Apparently, oh, I need to hilarious. watch it. I'm a big fan of uh, Role Models. That's I think one of the most underrated comedies. Um, him and Sean William Scott, and then you get Jane Lynch as the the Sturdy Wings director, plus a bunch of other uh, comedians have small bit parts. It, it's so funny. Um, Paul Rudd's. One of his most biting performances, because he's actually like very snarky and uh, cynical, which is not usually the role he takes on, and I love that about it. And let's not mm. forget, he was also Phoebe's uh, boyfriend and husband, yeah, and friends, right. Mike. Um, oh, and I, I'm a big fan of Friends. You guys know this, uh, so I've been a Paul Rudd fan for a long time. Of course, I've even seen his movie with Reese Witherspoon, Overnight Delivery, where. Uh, he thinks his girlfriend's breaking up with him, so he sends her a very disgusting fake used condom, not a real used condom, oh. and then has to try to beat it there, which would then be rehashed and road trip essentially. But uh, they did it first, and um, yeah, I'm that kind of what Paul a, Rudd nerd, guys. What about Paul Rudd in Halloween? His I like that movie only because of Paul Rudd. That's <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Five, I think, right? Where he shows up. I think, I think so. What? Yeah, he's it, the whole cult that? thing, Corey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's yeah, the centerpiece the, the of, the, of, of Cult of Thorn. Oh my God! Yeah, you They're gotta get to it on Shutter. So, yep. Well, with that, let's uh, go to year number three, Corey. That's probably not from Shutter. Um, I this one I like just threw in there. I really I haven't watched the other. Mm, I haven't watched all the movies with Loki in them, but I really like. Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. as Loki so much. He's kind of a jerk, but it's so funny. And I had to go with um, Doctor Strange abducting Loki. Oh, okay. When he, when he and Thor are in New York, and he just kind of disappears. But it's so funny when he finally—they're trying to find his, their dad. It's so I hadn't watched the Doctor oh. Strange <laughs> movie. Sorry. Ah. So. This was, like, my first, I guess, introduction to Dr. Benedict. Yeah. And, I don't know. I thought it was really funny. Him, like, disappearing around the room or, like, coming up behind him. And then, finally, when Loki falls through the hole he makes in <laughs> whatever. And I've been falling for 30 minutes! Yeah. I don't uh, know. <laughs> I uh, Taylor put that movie on. Uh, it's on Netflix still, Ragnarok. She put it on oh. Friday night. And, um... I, we watched, I watched that scene only, really, and I, I freaking died because I love... I've been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> he's so, like... He's more, like, mad <laughs> than anything else. Just like, how could you let this happen to me? Like, I've been literally just nonstop falling. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Hiddleston is great as Loki. Um, that was one of the things many people were upset about in Infinity War was uh, the demise of Loki, but... Um, well, all good things. He's one of the only Marvel villains, though, to be in multiple films, and he's generally great in all of them. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good pull, Corey. Uh, two from Ragnarok, though, huh? Two from yeah. Ragnarok. Oh, it's it. See, see, it's my prediction. It's not all of them, but 
Yep. That's my prediction. Uh, all right. Well, let's go to Mike's list. What do you got for number three, Mikey? All right. Um, this one's not a humorous one, and it comes after a really tough moment in um, Avengers: Age of Ultron. But uh, we see. I'm not a fan of Quicksilver in this. I like the X Men's version of Quicksilver. Yep. Not the Quicksilver we got in MCU. But that, notwithstanding, that kind of leads into the moment I picked because being the twins that they are they have that connection and she senses she knows what's happened and you see wanda maximoff's power just go you see the, the you get a slight taste of how powerful she can be and basically shredding all the ultra ultron bots all around her with, with ease and just that scream and pain that she's feeling and then now everyone else does all her enemies do as well mm-hmm. um and uh, it's. I know that we have non-Elizabeth Olsen fans. I'm not a super fan of hers. However, I thought she did pretty well. I'm glad they gave her a chance because I, I, I did like her as Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I agree. Um, she's she's become more and more likable in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. However, um, she's still not been prominent. That's why I'm not sure if if Wanda can carry a TV show or not. Um, yeah, well, I mean, maybe if they keep it as a limited run, because that's how that the series was between her and the Vision. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm interested enough uh, in the MCU to give it a go, um, even if it's not, like, something I'm super stoked about, but I'm not opposed to it by any means. Um, it's interesting that your number three is from Age of Ultron. Uh, that was probably of the four Avengers films, it's the lesser... Uh, to many people um i i think it's underrated i i think a lot of people hated on it and i don't think it deserves to be hated on and in that uh set mindset my number two movie comes from age of ultron Hmm. because while i love the first avengers i do think uh and there's some really great moments in that movie in in fact even in the bad mcu films there's some really cool moments in all of them um like if we were to look at iron man 2 I really like when he has the suitcase like suit where he opens up the suitcase mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. parts awesome, right? It's like a cool visual. It's a very memorable moment. The suit looks awesome. But um, for me, Age of Ultron, the scene that I love the most is one that has almost nothing to do with any of the plot. It's after the celebration, they're having the party um, and we have the heroes just sitting around Thor's hammer and they all decide it's they're going to try to lift Thor's hammer. And uh, I'm dubbing the scene only the worthy because only the worthy may mm-hmm, pick mm-hmm. up Mjolnir, and I love uh, Hemsworth is laughing at watching them all try. You know, Iron Man's trying to use his gauntlet, nothing's working, and then here comes Steve Rogers, and it moves a tiny bit. And the the way it's framed, mm, that look, the look of Thor, like everything, like that facade of like confidence dropping. And him like, oh my god. But then quickly when he can't lift it, he like he goes right back into it as though nothing happened. Doesn't skip a beat. Most likely no one noticed Thor lose that cool for a second except for the audience because of the framing that Whedon did. And I I absolutely love that scene. In fact, one of um, my students uh, attempted to recreate that scene recently. Uh, like, that was part of their... They could pick a scene from... Um, I don't remember what options i get oh it was from sci-fi movies uh with for their sci-fi project 
and they picked that as a sci-fi uh, scene, um, even though the scene itself does not at all lend itself to sci-fi. If anything, it lends itself to fantasy. Um, that's what they attempted to recreate, and uh, they used a backpack, and they but they had to rewrite the dialogue because <laughs> the idea they had to adapt it to fit into our classroom, like how it would work. So it was like only the worthy can lift my backpack, and so they out to take turns. They, it, it's it's fun because they they had to recreate the shots and like that face when it kind of moves. Um, and it, so I had to watch the scene though a dozen times with them, like we were watching while they were kind of picking it apart, dissecting it, trying to figure out how to adapt it. And so I, I kept watching it. I, the more I watched it, the more I was like, this scene is so great. And, um, you know, it's one of those moments, uh, where Steve Rogers is a character like Superman who can be easily disliked because of his boy scout, always follow the rules nature, um, and yet, the way Chris Evans and the way the MCU has portrayed him, I think most people love him. And I, I absolutely love Captain, and I love this scene because of that. This is a fun scene where we get to see the Avengers just hanging out. And I, I don't think... I mean, granted, moments later, Ultron shows up and they no longer get to hang out. But this scene that I'm referring to is before that happens, they're just relaxing for the first time. And I, I like when we get those quiet moments in these movies. And so... That's my uh, my number uh, two. That's why I it's not on my top five. I included that. I called it "Who Is Worthy to Lift Well." We all know in the Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, it's actually I had a whole lot more Age of Ultron. Good thing I demoted that one. See, you've touched on three so three out of my five so far of honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if we had wagered, uh, but. Um, Corey, you see Age of Ultron? I, I'm pretty sure that I've seen them all. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I like the Avengers movies in general. Um, I, I would still rank this one probably number four out of the four. Uh, but I, it doesn't mean I, it's not in a negative way. It's just like, it, so one of them has to be number four, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. um, I, I like all four. Uh, there's some really cool stuff in this one. Um, it might be the clunkiest of them, which is saying something when you consider the navigation necessary for the uh third and fourth ones like how epic they are in scale and number of characters and stuff like that i still feel like age of ultron is maybe a little clunkier there's some stuff that it's like eh, i guess but um overall i enjoy it and i do like uh i'm a fan of um james spader and i i, I like mm-hmm. his kind of voice acting in the role even though if it's a little weird um that said, uh, let's go ahead and go to Corey's number two. What do you got, Corey? Okay, so I chose the dance-off between... <laughs> uh, oh my god, now I'm blanking out. Star-Lord? Ronan and... Yeah. Yes, Star-Lord, thank you. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume uh, one. Yes. Um, I like Lee Pace a lot. I haven't seen him in everything, um, sometimes I think it's really interesting to see the kinds of roles he turns up in because he's played like really, really, really small parts in, you know, pretty indie movies. And then we see him in like things like this and Lord of the Rings. And yeah. he's so in Captain that... Marvel. Oh, what? Um, he's reprising um, his role as Ronan. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. A very different Ronan I... too. And I... I don't even know if I knew that that was him at first in these movies um, or in this movie, but I I like him a lot as an actor. 
And I just thought that this was really funny. And I really like Chris Pratt a lot as Star-Lord. And I think that the humor in the Guardians movies are really great. And then that he's just trying to distract him so that they could steal the stone. Yeah, it's a funny sequence. Um, And an important sequence in the grand scheme of all of the Marvel movies, in fact. Um, Because of the interaction with the stone. Like, we see things that I think pay off later in the... uh, both Infinity War and potentially maybe, maybe not in Endgame. Um, but uh, I do want to throw out, though, since you are a fan of Lee Pace, um, Karen Gillan, who plays uh, Nebula in these movies, um, she yeah. dir- uh, directed a film, uh, her debut film she wrote, directed, and stars called uh, The Party's Just Beginning. Um, and that is currently on Hulu. And uh, Lee Pace is one of the co-stars that she asked him if he would do the movie during Guardians. And um, he was like, yeah, sure, great. And so uh, I really want to recommend it. It's really good. It's a very tough movie, um, but oh. it's 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 pretty great. It's also it's it's a comedy drama, so it's tough. But it she's got moments of levity, and her character is really interesting. Um, it's a really strong de- directorial debut. So uh, if if you get if you have access to Hulu, I'd say check that out, especially if mm. you like her as Nebula, um, or if you like her as a companion to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yep. So, throw that out there. Um, I, I love the dance off. Um, I'm a big fan of the Guardians in general. Um, I have found though I loved Guardians so much the first time, and my second and third viewings, I don't, I don't love it as much. Um, it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just I think I, it was so different the first time. It's not a surprising. Yeah. I mean, I love them. I love them. Me too. I, so I don't don't get me wrong. It's exactly the same. Yeah, I, it's it's not a criticism. It's just like I wish I could get that feeling back the very first time I saw it because I went in with like low expectations. Like I had no clue what I was in for. Um, I was hopeful because I was a big Chris Pratt fan for sure, and um, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of Batista as an actor. I was I, I was a WWE guy, but if anything, that made me really worried because most wrestlers, especially. I mean, realistically, The Rock and Hulk Hogan, who... No, I'm sorry, let's take that off. The Rock is uh, is really the only wrestler who's managed to really turn an acting career into a legit, like, change, right? Like, Hogan is in a lot of movies, but they're all trash. And to be fair, a lot of The Rock's movies are trash, but they're trash that makes money. People like to see him in movies. Um, John Cena's done movies, but nobody gives a crap. Uh, he's gotten a little better with his choices lately, but early on, a lot of his movies were like, just, you know, be a big action guy. Once they realized John Cena was funny and they started letting him do comedy, we've seen a turn, but still he hasn't hit the level like of The Rock. But um, Batista as Drax was so perfectly cast. I never would have guessed that in a million years. So mm-hmm. um, the dance off, the payoff of that whole movie that they've become this team, I really buy the team at that point. Um Gamora's great. I love Zoe Saldana anyways, but she's really great here. And then Bradley Cooper's voicing of Rocket is... Yes, I mean, great. And the animation for Rocket, too. Like, he is so able to earn my sympathy, and he's so cute and yet intimidating. And, I mean, one of my favorite scenes in that movie, when they're doing the prison break, and um, he gets the, the gun, and it slows down, he's just like, oh, yeah. It's like... <laughs> Holy cow, it's so awesome. Um, it's such a good scene. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, an honorable mention from that scene will come up later for me. Um, but, all right, let's go to Mike. Uh, we'll go to your number two, Mike. What you got? Um, well, 
I, I know we mentioned it and we talked on the idea that Marvel's got this uncanny ability to get us to care about these characters. And so the moment I went with is because I feel like we wouldn't, and I almost put this as number one, but my number one is more, you'll see why I picked that. There's a reason I put this at number two, but it was a very close number one. The creation of the Mark One suit in Iron Man. Because yeah. without that, we don't have the rest. I agree and, completely. And that's that was my, my my rationale. It's very simple and straightforward. That is that is it. That's the impetus for the rest of it. Yeah. Um. I mean, the building of the suit, uh, his change in personality from when we meet him. Because the second we meet Tony Stark, is he pulls you into the movie so fast. Like him sitting in the back of the limousine with the soldiers and he's like messing with them. This better not end up on your, on your Facebook page or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm just kidding. Post it away. You know, like he's uh, disarming. He's, but there's an arrogance for sure, but there is this still like kindness to him. And then when the, everything goes wrong and the bomb goes off and he sees Stark industries before it happens. So he's like, Oh my God, you know, this is my weaponry. Um, yeah, the building of the Mach 1 suit is so cool. The relationship he builds with that doctor. We see his intelligence, how he's able to basically save himself through this uh, series of building. I I totally agree. Awesome. That's This, this movie holds up to me. I've heard people complain mm-hmm. about its uh, pacing because there there's not a lot of action for a good chunk of Iron Man 1. But, man, the character building in this movie is so strong. And it sets the tone for... Uh, so much of the universe um, that I, I still I still list Iron Man as my favorite MCU film. Like it is my number one on my letterbox list. I I think it is fantastic. I love that John Favreau is is behind it. Um, I don't love every movie he's made, yep. but I am a big supporter of him as a filmmaker. Um, I think he's done some great stuff, and I love him also as an actor. I like him as Happy. Some people have complained about Happy. I, I don't get why. I, I In fact, to me, it's really cool still seeing him around because it, without Favreau, we don't, I don't know if we get this. I don't know if we get what we've got 22 movies later, um, you know, just over 10 years. Uh, but I like that yours is from Iron Man because my number one is going to be from Iron Man, um, mm. the, the first film. So we'll segue into that. Unless, Corey, do you want to say anything about the Mach 1 suit from Iron Man? No, that is a great scene, though. So I'm going with the end of the movie. There's a press conference. And they're all asking him, um, is, it, is it true? Is it true? And, and he looks at them, looks at the camera, essentially, and he says those important words, I am Iron Man. There's a swagger. There's an arrogance. And unlike Batman who's all about secrecy and, and protecting his identity and living the dual life. Oh no, not Tony Stark. Tony Stark is going to fully embrace being Iron Man and everyone's going to know he is Iron Man. And it, to me, it sets such a tone for the entire MCU. Um, especially because while there, this is an ensemble by, I mean, God, look how many characters are in infinity war. Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man are so crucial to every aspect of the MCU. He's in... He's only got three movies. There's not a single character who has more than three movies. But he's in Civil War, and you could argue that that's Iron Man 4, or you could argue that it's Avengers 2.5, because it's very much an ensemble film, even though it's listed as Captain America. He is heavily in Homecoming, in Spider-Man Homecoming. So that's five. So that's five movies featuring Stark and then the four Avengers films. 
that all feature Stark. So we're talking nine of 22 movies heavily feature Tony Stark. And um, I don't think I'm leaving anything off there. I don't think he shows up and he's not Winter Soldier. Uh, he doesn't show up in any of the Thor movies. And I don't think he shows up in anything else. So nine of the 22 movies, though, I think uh, highly um, surpasses anyone else's involvement in this, in this franchise. Um, so the words, I am Iron Man, he lives it. And I also think in a way... It's not just Tony Stark saying it. It's Robert Downey Jr. saying it, that he is this guy. This is his character, and he's going to own this character as long as they're going to let him be this character. And um, I, it, it, everything banked on whether or not people bought this movie. It bought Tony Stark, bought into Iron Man, bought into Robert Downey Jr., who had had a you know tough career. He was on a comeback. Was This was going to make or break him, and it makes him. And... I love this line so, so much. And there's, I picked this line um, before I saw Endgame, uh, but I, I, Iron Man is a character who we, we talked about our history with. I had no love for Iron Man before this movie. And because of this movie, he became one of my favorite characters, um, almost exclusively from the movies. Like, I, I don't know if I've seen any iteration of him. I didn't buy the comic books afterwards. I just love Tony Stark in the MCU. And that's why it's my number one. I, I totally go with you. That, that, that is a classic moment, um, which I would have gone with as well. I just like the practical, the idea of him building the suit and seeing him do it. But that's a huge, he is, he is the glue that brings this all and holds us all together. For sure. Um, all right. Well, if nothing to add, let's go to Corey's number one. Okay. You talked about it earlier. And I was quiet. I really like, I mean, as much as I can like uh, these movies, but I really like the Ant-Man and the Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I really do like Luis, ah. Luis in these movies. And I am also a fan of T.I. There, I said it. Um, and I just love, like, all these guys together in these movies. When Luis gets the truth serum about where Ant-Man is. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, telling that story, and all of these things come out to these, you know, to his employees, to, um, I don't know, I just love his delivery so much, and, like, we talked about earlier, he, like, he's telling the story, and he, they, like, transport you to these places, you know, yeah. so you can, like, see it, and he's just so funny. I, I like, I'm going to specify yours as the truth serum, because that's from Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, where we get Walton Goggins in there, too, um, almost... <laughs> sadly forgettable performance because it's just not not a not that it's bad it's just there's so much going on in ant-man and the wasp there again i really enjoy the movie it is not the best plotted film in the world but it's very it, there's so many scenes that are just outstanding and that's one of them the truth serum scenes so. i there is another i can't exactly remember what it is but he finds out that her suit can do something fly or, Red's character uh no that yes. she has blasters like, yeah oh and he's like you knew this the whole time and he's like he's look honestly looks just so i don't know yeah he's like i assume that's new technology no i could have always done it and he's just like what uh, <laughs> like look in this i mean let's be real too though <laughs> michael douglas in the ant-man movies is also great and i think that speaks yes. volumes right because I don't remember the last time people were like, oh, Michael Douglas. But in Ant-Man and, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, I love Michael Douglas. I, I'm all in on him as Great. Hank Kim. Um, 
and Evangeline Lilly, who is kind of a blank canvas a lot of times. Like she's kind of just there. I like her as as a uh, hope. So you know, um, that's that. And I'm a big I'm a fan of Lost. So you know, I, I'll throw that on there. But I I think I like her more here than I liked her, especially by the end of Lost. But like the first two uh. seasons, I really liked Kate. And then, like, after that, I'm just like, oh, my God, Kate, shut up. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> Let's move on to Sawyer, please. Sawyer's way more interesting than and John Locke. Um, oh, I want to rewatch Lost now. Okay. Um, that leads but us to... do you, though? I know. Do you, though? I don't, because it's I torture. tried, and that, it makes me angry. Um, all right. Mike, what is your number one Marvel moment? Okay. Um, so, again, I really wanted to go with the Iron Man one but the, it is an iron man related one and it goes to avengers infinity war mm. and i felt like i made my list more infin- avengers centric than not but the whole thing and it took me i don't know how long to get through this scene without tearing up and being emotionally affected because this like, I remember my students were mad when this happened and we talked about this and stuff and just the whole because there's a whole scene in Homecoming that alludes to this but when he loses Peter Parker on Titan yeah, and he's Peter Parker's apologizing to Iron, he's the one dying and, and he's his spider sense is trying to resist and his healing is trying to keep him from going but he can't and then he just goes and you can see it and you can see that defeat and Tony Stark's face mm-hmm. and he knows it's on him and just that was who it, it, it's taken a long while I can watch it now without getting but it took a long while yeah and it used to it got to be that even long before that happened it would be like oh here we go and then, because I've watched that, I've watched Infinity War way too many times, way, way many times. I so I, you know, um, it's hard to talk about these and not talk about Endgame because there's so many things I want to talk about. But um, I, I generally, um, and even it's hard making the list of five for this because as we've been talking, I've thought of like 20 more that I could have easily included on my list. And I love the five that I picked. I don't regret any of my five, but there are so it's 22 movies and most of them are at least two hours long. Um, and some of them are almost three and a couple are three. Um, and there's so many moments cause you got, especially the Russos, they pack lots of moments into these movies. And a lot of them are going to click and stick with you. Um, I love the scene in uh, in Homecoming when Iron Man and, and Parker are fighting and uh, he thinks it's a remote suit again, but this time the suit opens and he steps out and you're just like, oh God, like here he is. And the interaction and uh, the, the, you know, you need to be better than the suit kind of thing. Like I love so much of those movies. So, um, but yeah, this scene, especially after Homecoming, it pays off so hard and um it's so devastating and uh i don't feel like it's it's i mean anytime you're you're, every movie's manipulative but i didn't feel angered by the manipulation in the sequence like that they clearly made me feel a lot of sadness here but um yeah i it's hard not to keep talking about these movies because i i absolutely love them 
I can't wait to um, I can't wait to uh, own Endgame and be able to uh, revisit a lot of scenes uh, from all of the movies because there's there's so much. I do own I own all 21 movies up until oh, wow. Endgame. Uh, well, I'm sorry, 20 because I don't own Captain Marvel yet, but I can't. Um, it won't be out for a few more months, but um, I own the other movies and uh, some I own DVD, um, some I only own digital. Uh, many I own Blu-ray because once I could start buying Blu-ray, that's what I went with. Um, I, I'm very mad because I don't have Thor, uh, First Avenger, or um, Iron Man uh, digital because they didn't have that yet. That wasn't a thing when those came out. And I have to rebuy them if I want them digital. And they're Disney movies, so they're not cheap. So I haven't mm. – I don't own them digital, mm. and it bothers me because, like, my whole digital library, I have all the Marvel movies except for the three originals. And I'm like – Oh my god, I'm going to have to get them at some point. I'm just waiting for some like deal that I can snag those. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I, I own Incredible Hulk, but I don't know if I have that one digital or not. But that one, it there's literally nothing in that movie that ever comes into the MCU except for the fact that Hulk exists. That's the only thing. Um, and there's like one reference, a sign line reference to that movie like, oh, oh, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Was it, is it uh, Ultron? We bring the um, general... Thunder, Thunderbolt, Ross. Thunderbolt, Ross. Yeah, he comes back. That's the only, only character from uh, Incredible Hulk that's in any of the MCU movies. Um, so, I mean, obviously Banner, but different actor. So, okay, that at this point we do honorable mentions. So, real quick, I'll throw in some of mine. Um, I have the uh, the elevator fight in Winter Soldier, um, mm-hmm. where, where they're trapped in the elevator because I freaking love Winter Soldier so much. Um, I have uh, from Captain Marvel, Nick Fury and the cat, because holy crap, it's hilarious. I love uh, Samuel Jackson going, oh my god, how precious! Like him fawning over a cat is quite possibly one of the funniest things I've ever <laughs> seen because it's so not in his persona, you know. And in fact, in real life, he hates cats, I believe. So it's even oh, funnier. Wow. Act- acting. Yeah, wow. I I can't remember if it's him. Or Larson. One of them hates cats. One of them is really allergic to cats. So, like, having a cat as a major plot point in Captain Marvel was problematic, to say the least. And it's not visible in the movie. Um, I have the uh, Thor versus Captain America versus Iron Man in Avengers. When we get that really cool moment where he hits the shield with the hammer. And it takes out all three of them because it's the sonic wave that hits. Um, that will later be used as a uh, offensive tool. Um... The uh, Ferris Bueller chase sequence in Spider-Man Homecoming, um, which I alluded to earlier, but yeah, uh, I love that one. Um, The Doctor Strange final fight, uh, where it is totally not what you expect for a final fight in a superhero movie, and it's actually pretty funny and ridiculous, but in the best way possible. Um, Okay, this one's going to upset people. I actually love what... what, uh, um, Oh my god, I just went... Shane Black did with the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. I know comic book fans hate it. I never was a big comic book fan of Iron Man, so I knew Mandarin was like a major villain for him, but he always seemed kind of boring and bland to me. Having not read the book, so I have no real frame of reference, just I wasn't drawn into the character. So when Ben Kingsley was cast, and the way they set it up in the trailer, and the way the movie makes you think it is, but then when the reveal happens that it's not at all what you thought. I love that. I thought it was excellent. I know that's a reason a lot of people freaking hate that. Um, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, 
I need that guy's leg is one of the funniest freaking jokes. <laughs> like, that Rocket makes Quill go get this guy's fake leg. <laughs> and it's only to screw with the guy with the fake leg. <laughs> I love Rocket. <laughs> All right. Um, th- that's my honorable mentions. Uh, Corey, what do you ha- do you have any? No. Okay. I, I thought maybe okay. not. Um, Mike, what do you got? Uh, we touched on three of mine, but the other two we didn't is the introduction of the Hulkbuster armor. Oh, yeah. Because that was just, and to see it, and and just that whole fight. Not just the introduction, that whole fight. Um, I, think, I think one of my kids, and I can't remember who it was because I have my corner of commiseration after school, and I, I think they brought up the go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep part um when he knocks his teeth out there's whole a whole bunch of stuff going on in that fight so yeah that whole part and going back to goose that whole part and i remember recording this because i don't even remember how i knew i must have read a spoiler but the idea of goose throwing up the tesseract mm-hmm. in the end credit oh. scenes was just so cat-like yeah i could see one of my cats doing that um yeah Totally. I completely 100% agree. Uh, Goose was the uh, big surprise character from Captain Marvel that I loved. Um, That is our top five Marvel moments. Uh, Looking back at the 21 films before Endgame, we'd love to hear what your favorite moments are. We know that they are different. You can hear your thoughts on our moments. You can tell me how stupid I am for not hating the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. In fact, I like Iron Man 3 quite a bit. Um... But uh, you can reach out to us on social media to tell us those things. I am at Burke Reviews. Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Mikey. At Server Monkey. And you can uh, always follow along at BurkeReviews.com. Keep up with the other podcasts that we do. Um, check out the reviews that I have. My review of Endgame will be going up spoiler-free and uh, pretty vague because I, I feel like there are so many things that could be spoiled in that movie that I wrote uh, very cautiously. I only talked about parts of the beginning and then my favorite character, hint, hint, it's Paul Rudd. Um, but nonetheless, uh, it's spoiler-free and will be up later this week. You can probably tell what my rating is going to be because I am a Marvel fanboy and they tend to work for me. That said... Until next time, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts Covering the entire movie verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.